0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the WTF1 podcast, audio-only edition today. We're going to be talking about the Honda news, the big breaking news that they're not going to be supplying Red Bull engines anymore, and also the Eiffel Grand Prix preview. My name is Matthew Gallagher, and joining me in this audio-only edition, you can't see him, but in fact, he is on the front of OK Magazine for having 14 wives. It's Tommy, the founder of WTF1.
1: I'm sure my wife is going to love that intro.
0: Well, as long as she doesn't, you know... Listen to this. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure she'll be fine. She's
1: but, she's the best of the fourteen wives. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's like Henry the Eighth, yeah. but worse. <coughs> and you don't behead <laughs> them anyway. Let's start with the Honda news. Uh, of course, we found out quite shockingly that uh, kind of Red Bull's program and development towards uh, creating a title-winning package with Honda as their engine supplier uh, fell sh- fell through the floor. Really, as uh, as Honda announced they're not going to be supplying engines past 2021. Pretty shocking, eh, Tommy?
1: Very shocking. I d- no one saw it coming. They were they were building to this amazing thing. So obviously, you know they had the horrible years with McLaren where they weren't treated very well. And you wouldn't have blamed them for jogging on and saying we're not taking this anymore by. But the fact that Red Bull seemed very supportive. You know, you saw Max when he got his first win, he was pointing to the Honda logo and sort of they were they were really on board with Honda, weren't they? And very very supportive. And they seemed like they were going to be this great team together working towards 2022 and then all goes wrong Honda doing what they do and just getting somewhere and then deciding nah don't fancy it
0: yeah it's an odd one isn't it it's it's almost as if they've had this really sharp change of decision and uh, strategy moving forward that whether it's COVID related I'm not sure you know maybe they've they've decided to change changed their uh, their focus a little bit but but either way it was it was rather shocking as you say because you know they've won with both alpha tauri and red bull uh, it's not as if they're getting any sort of bad, bad press whatsoever but it's it it's kind of a big reminder that formula 1 is not going to be like this forever uh, especially when you have huge engine manufacturers such as honda saying look formula 1's not for us anymore we're going to still do indycar but we're trying to re- like re- reduce our carbon footprint by 2050 was it? I think or 2045,
1: 2050. 2050,
0: yeah. Yeah, 2050, and it is—it's a big blow. You know, some people might not see this as as a massive like shock or oh, it's only Honda; it's fine. There's loads of other engine suppliers. But the fact that Honda is saying, "Look, F1 isn't viable for us anymore," is is big.
1: It's a it's a big worry because if you think when Honda did this the first time in 2008, the year after BMW and Toyota followed, didn't they, and pulled out of the sport again? And you've got to think, yeah, it is really worrying times because what they like if if Red Bull decide we're gonna can the whole thing as well. That's two teams gone. Um, there's talk of Mercedes not gonna stick around forever, right? Like what more have they got to achieve once Hamilton's won his titles and stuff? Yeah, very very weird.
0: Yeah, it's concerning, and you know, it it poses the future or the question of the future of like Renault, for example. You know, Renault aren't aren't winning. They're not getting the publicity that they probably want in Formula One at the moment. Obviously they're they're, they're taking steps forward, but they, they, they want to win. And especially when they're working towards developing something that's not going to be future proof, you know, developing these hybrid engines is only going to be uh, help their road cars. It's all, it's all come down to sales, doesn't it? And making money and having eyes on their brand. And for me, it, it makes me question Renault as maybe the next one to, to potentially bow out, um, just purely on the position that they're in at the moment
1: I guess I guess they're already stepping away being Alpine to yep. kind of cover their backs in that sense they they said it's not an early exit strategy but that's them saying it you know Honda oh, yeah. never announced that that was going to happen in it and it did it's a very strange one and this will be a conversation I'm sure for another day that we could go on long and long about but the F1 have very much been in the kind of situation where they're trying to bring in more manufacturers and now the only people that these new rules enticed with the hybrid engines was honda they're the only new engine manufacturer that's come into the sport and now they're leaving already so it's not really working is it and you wonder whether maybe they should be going down a kind of privateer teams route or whatever like if they're not or or what can they do to get more manufacturers in because they're all going to Formula E. They're not coming to Formula One, mm. and it's a very dangerous game. That if they all leave, who's left? Not really anyone,
0: exactly. And then Formula E are in the pound seats, even though some yeah. people are very, you know, judgmental about about them and what they're they're looking to achieve. But at the same time, they are very much the future, and no one can ever deny that because they will be viable in fifty years' time. Formula One won't be uh, right. Let's go on some questions at a Jatwell sixty six. What would you do if you were in Red Bull's position now that Honda is leaving F1? Would you look outside Formula One for a new engine manufacturer or maybe try to repair the relationship with Renault? Yeah, I guess one thing that needs pointing out, and it's something you told me, Tommy, and and not a lot of people realise, that, you know, if Red Bull can't find an engine supplier uh, and one that, you know they still want to stay in Formula One, then Renault are the ones that have to supply them. It's not as if Renault can turn around and say no, because they are the ones that supply the least engines on the grid as an engine manufacturer. So it's not a case of repairing the relationship so much with Renault, I suppose. I don't think Renault would, would say no to them either, because they get a huge amount of money for supplying an engine to a, to another team. So for Renault, it's it's fine for them, I think. It's more the fact that Red Bull clearly didn't see a title-winning car with the Renault engine that I can't see them wanting to go back, but maybe they'll be forced to.
1: Yeah, shows about burning bridges. We've said it in the past, haven't we, with Fernando Alonso. But it's interesting, just before we started recording this podcast, I saw a tweet Um about christian horner was talking to service tv which is an austrian uh i think owned by red bull actually um where they do a lot of their interviews on and he said that since the separation renault has changed the new board brings a lot of fresh air and changes they are moving forward which very much seems like <laughs> uh, we have no choice but to go back yes. with you and we are very much starting right now to try and repair this fractured relationship
0: Exactly. You can't see a Red Bull going with a Mercedes or going with a Ferrari. Well, Ferrari don't exactly look like a particularly attractive prospect right now anyway. Uh, Mercedes, that just wouldn't work. They're full. They're full as well. Yeah. Yeah. They've already already supplied their maximum. Yeah. Uh, So they don't really have any other options, um, which is... Unless there was a new engine manufacturer to come back into the sport. I think someone messaged me saying, what about Cosworth? But I don't don't think... uh, as you mentioned earlier, Tommy, there isn't really any attractive prospects for a new engine manufacturer to join the sport.
1: No, I think the solution—well, uh, one of the solutions—actually in the next question.
0: Okay, next question: Murray underscore Brown zero nine. Could Red Bull make their own engine, or is that too much money and contracts, etc.?
1: So yeah, the, there is. There's been no word that they're considering doing this, and obviously now I've now I've read that Christian Horner seems to be maybe slightly groveling a little bit to Renault, that maybe that's their um, idea. But there has been talk that Red Bull could buy the IP, which uh, stands for intellectual property. Property, yes. Yeah, of the Honda facility. And then essentially, because if you think that there's a base, there's employees, they've got all the parts, they're building stuff, and honda will probably want uh, i think honda have already said that they want to make it as pain free as possible for leaving and there's the chance that red bull could essentially buy that facility in the ip and then rebrand it either rebrand it as a red bull engine their own engines or tag how they want to do like they used to do last time yeah um or even another manufacturer that maybe wants to get involved and they can say look all these facilities are already here for you And I feel like that is not a bad shout really because then all the same people they've been working with before are working on it and it might maybe salvage a little bit of the progress that they're going to lose from essentially starting again from scratch with a power unit.
0: Yeah, I guess it all comes down to can they afford to do that. Obviously, Red Bull are an enormous energy drinks brand, but can they afford to take over such an enormous facility and the IP of a Honda engine? You
1: know, when that's they've already be, got another F1 team. As yeah,
0: well. I mean that's going to be a huge amount of money. I don't, I mean, I don't even want to predict how much that that deal would be because you know Honda won't want to let that go lightly. In the same, I know you say pain free, but it's still their intellectual property and it's still there. Yeah all the development that they've done over the years. So it's going to be really interesting. You know, it depends how much cash they got in the bank. And if COVID, obviously, COVID's affected everybody. Are they in the position to be able to do that? Um, And also, I guess you've got to think, okay, they could take it all over, but it might not be the same results, you know, because just because you buy a factory and the people in it not necessarily means that they're going to lead exactly the same way as they have been. But hey-ho, that's uh, it's all kind of just... Guessing, guesswork isn't yeah, it really. we have to wait time? and
1: wait and see, but I imagine there's a lot of panic going on at Red Bull right now.
0: Yes. There are options on the table though, so it's not like they are completely at a dead end. Uh, which kind of leads us on to someone who might feel like they're on they're at a dead end. Max Verstappen. Uh now, will jam five zero five one four six eight four asks, will Verstappen leave Red Bull because of Honda leaving F1? Now we mentioned it a little bit in the video that we did, uh on YouTube uh, reacting to the news. If you haven't seen it, go check it out um, around, you know, what will Honda leaving F1 mean for Red Bull? Um, and one of the main things was around Max and the fact that he's been sold this essential pipe dream that Honda is going to, you know, develop this amazing engine for the Red Bull to challenge in 2022. And, you know, leading up to this is going to be just development work uh, and and kind of just striving towards the future. And now, obviously, Honda's pulled the rug from under Red Bull's feet. They're going to have to restart again. Even if it is buying all of Honda's intellectual property, there's still going to be an element of teething problems with that. Max, I wouldn't blame him for, for looking elsewhere.
1: Yeah, me neither. It was It's a very interesting... I, I think this is one of the most interesting stories actually to come out of the whole deal because there's loads of talk about Max Verstappen has contract clauses and all this stuff which when you're as good of a driver as Max Verstappen and it would be the same for uh, you know, when you're a top driver like Lewis Hamilton, you can put these clauses in your contract and um, some say it's on race wins, some say it might be if Honda leaves and one of the most interesting things for me, I was actually reading something from Ed Straw that he wrote saying, I think it was Ed Straw, it was on the race and they're saying, this is the basically... Verstappen is now forcing the hand of all the other teams that are like, if you I'm I could be available now, come and get me if you want me kind of thing. Mm. Because if you think that like like we said in the video, Lewis Hamilton hasn't got that much longer left in the sport. I mean, he's got a decent amount of time, but obviously doesn't have age on his side like Max Verstappen does. From a marketing point of view for Mercedes, you've got to think they're gonna need a superstar driver now we had this conversation didn't we with um ollie webb when he was on the podcast of george russell which we'll go into later that whether he can step in and replace hamilton that's that's big shoes to fill and you've got to think that max Verstappen is a person that could do that he's probably the biggest driver in the sport other than hamilton in terms of like a a big name he's a lot of neutrals would say that he's probably the fastest as well uh, alongside Hamilton so he'd be if anything the perfect replacement it's just whether Mercedes want to take that risk and how, how it works out but maybe he could you know replace Hamilton when Hamilton's leaving and it, and it puts Mercedes in an amazing opportunity where they've got a great driver in immediately to replace Hamilton loads of marketing potential is going to be quick and they can just carry on. I
0: think it all comes down to what Hamilton wants to do, because I think Mercedes have a huge amount of loyalty towards oh, Hamilton. Oh, 100%. It's all on like thi- Hamilton, yeah. But I the thing is, I don't think they'll do the same thing as what, we, to be fair, what we mentioned in our YouTube video potentially, which was that they would move him aside for a new, fresh Max Verstappen or superstar, because they did it with Michael Schumacher, as we mentioned before, and and they also did it. Um, what was it, McLaren? Uh, sorry, not no, McLaren. they yeah, did. Yeah, so Schumi, Schumi did Ferrari. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Schumi um, did Ferrari, and that was when Schumi was in the kind of not not quite his peak, but he was still challenging for a title with Ferrari, and they kind of said. We, we need to future proof this now and got Kimmy in and sort of m- made a like a uh, mutual kind of finish of their, their yeah. contract and and, and I think
0: as well you know it's slightly separate point you know but obviously Lewis Hamilton's huge on you know promoting the Black Lives Matter movement and things like that and Mercedes didn't have to do a literal brand refresh with their livery um unless they were completely and utterly behind Lewis Hamilton in every single thing he does. So 100%. I think that was yeah, another yeah. thing that really kind of proves that Mercedes are with Lewis and Lewis is with Mercedes until the very end, pretty much. Um, so, so yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what, what Lewis decides to do, whether it's a case of, you know, getting eight world titles and then he'll hang up his, his boots. But unfortunately for Max, it doesn't look like that's going to happen. In, well, it's not going to happen for at least two more seasons.
1: Um, but then I guess that's that's when Max would maybe maybe go so like this year next season it depends if lewis wants that one more shot because what would he be then 36 37 um
0: because he said he wanted to see what the the regs looked like right didn't he, he said that, yeah you know, let's I let's see that's... what the car's like and then i'll decide i can't imagine he'll walk away from it before the massive changes in formula one i just don't feel like that he's that kind of person that would do that
1: it's interesting isn't it because then, like the the regs could change and then it's that difficult thing of do you go out on a high because if he goes out after twenty twenty one he's won eight world titles and won one hundred and ten races there'll be talk of him being the the greatest ever but the if he does one more year and it's really close and maybe he's not as successful it's there's that maybe uh, risks I don't I doubt that's going to happen I mean come on if he Hamilton. has eight
0: world titles and one hundred and ten wins and bows out because Mercedes are rubbish I I highly doubt people are going to go. Well, Lewis is—you know—he's got a bad car now. I mean, oh, I'm no, sure no. there will be haters, but at oh the yeah. Same but I meant
1: it's just, there is that little bit in your in your mind of like when's the right time? Yeah, I don't even know if it's Lewis is tough. Well, thing. I don't know him
0: particularly well, but in terms of his persona and how he comes across, I don't think he really cares that much in terms of how he'll end his career. I think he just wants to win as much as he possibly can until it's physically no longer possible. Yeah. So, oh well. I mean, it's again, it's speculation. It's it's what. Lewis will do at the end of the day it depends if you know he finds a a new passion um which he may have done through covid you know he has all these separate passions and um
1: he's he's getting into extreme e as well starting his own team there and stuff yeah
0: absolutely so the curious case of what Lewis Hamilton will do uh, with the rest of his career we interrupt this WTF on podcast for a very quick chat about our sponsor for this episode beer 52 and they have an offer for you Celebrate the famous beer festival, Oktoberfest, from the comfort of your own home with a free case of eight German craft beers from Beer 52, the world's biggest beer club. All you have to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTF1 and cover the £5.95 postage and they'll deliver them straight to your door as long as you're 18 or over. Remember that. Beer52 are on a mission to find the very best beer anywhere on the planet. Every month they visit a different country, find the best small batch breweries, sample their finest craft beer and then carefully curate a case to be sent to their lucky members. It's a hard job, but someone has to do it. And it's all done remotely right now due to COVID, of course. This month is Germany to celebrate the world's biggest beer festival. If you don't like dark beer, choose the light option. It's easy. Each case also comes with the award-winning beer magazine Ferment, as well as a tasty snack to enjoy with your beer, as long as you're 18 or over, remember. There's no minimum commitment. You can take just the free case, try the beers and see what you think. If it's not for you, you can pause or cancel at any time. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTF1 to claim your free case of eight craft beers. now. That's www.beer52.com forward slash WTF1. There you go. Let's get back to the podcast. Right. at Lakshya 13901390 asks, should Mercedes resign Hamilton for next three years? Resign, sorry, Hamilton for next three years? Or should they give that Hamilton seat to Russell? Now, we kind of very briefly mentioned George Russell. It's yeah, this doesn't look as rosy for George Russell with the fact that Max Verstappen could be coming available because Mercedes would probably want Max over George any day of the week, just purely from a, he has proved himself angle. George hasn't proved himself and he can't prove himself in that Williams. Even though George is, you know, Mercedes sweetheart at the moment and very much in their driver program and things like that. If Mercedes are forced their hand early to try and go after Max, they'll they'll have to.
1: Yeah. I'd be a little bit nervous if I was Russell that, that like you say that Max is becoming available at this time where Hamilton might be retiring because like you say it's a no-brainer however much there that Russell is a young Mercedes driver and they've backed him all the way. And there's 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 always potential that they might put him in alongside Max Verstappen. Um but I can't see Russell replacing Hamilton to essentially win a world title if he's never scored a point it, it just seems too much of a risk for me and he's no doubt an unbelievable driver George Russell but it is a big risk for Mercedes just to go yeah all right you're ready for the big the big time now
0: it's it's a risk but I guess at the same time Formula One has changed quite a bit in recent years where we've seen young drivers promoted to a huge role Charles Leclerc is a, is a massive example of that he came from a Probably, well, a quicker team than Williams are now in terms of he was able to score some points and prove himself. But the fact that George hasn't scored a point isn't going to... That's not exactly what they're going to look at. They, they you know they know exactly what George does in qualifying, in the race, in practice, how he brings stuff to the team in terms of feedback and development. So I think they will know a lot more and and that's what Ferrari knew as well when you know, Charles Leclerc was just starting out in Formula 1. So I, I, it's not impossible and, and it really does depend, I think, on what Max wants to do and then George... Will most likely get that promotion. That's how you know. That's probably the easier cycle for for Mercedes to to sort out their drivers. But he he is a world champion one day. That's I think that from George Russell. He hasn't proved himself, and I can't say this is the evidence. But the way he goes about himself and the way that he's able to feed back and be a team leader in in Williams is a good start.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's done. He's done everything he can do, apart from score a point. I know that's the, the joke, but. Yeah, it's it's tough, isn't it? But yeah, I would feel, I would maybe be feeling a little nervous as George Russell. Um that yeah, like Max becoming available really does throw a spanner in the works. I mean, it's amazing for a neutral that the the kind of driver market could just go absolutely wild if the yes. and leaves Uh, Brad Kapler too says, if
0: Verstappen leaves Red Bull, will they replace him with whoever doesn't get the seat between Albon and Gasly or look outside of the Red Bull driver pool? We haven't really spoken about who would go to Red Bull.
1: Um,
0: But again, that, you know, that wouldn't look as an attractive prospect as maybe when, you know, they had Honda and potential future championship expectations. They might, they might still become a championship winning car, but right now when you look at it on paper, it's definitely less likely than maybe um, it was looking before the Honda announcement. So
1: Imagine imagine Red Bull. They they were kind of put in the put in the crap with Danny Rick leaving. If Verstappen goes, it's an absolute disaster, really. Yeah. Because where you know they, they surely will have to look outside the driver academy. A, a top team like Red Bull can't be having no team leader at all, or like a it's 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 unbelievable to me how the Red Bull driver program has gone from this program where you had like Sebastian Vettel, top drivers coming in, Daniel Ricciardo, jean eric Verne fighting for a seat. So good that like Dacosta couldn't even get a Toro Rosso drive because that's how competitive it was. And now they're almost scrambling to try and get some kind of lineup together. Um, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy how like it's turned out since from Vettel it's just like it's that meme isn't it of the knock on domino effect that Vettel leaving then this happening then Ricardo leaving and now this Honda thing it it could it could be disaster for them really
0: yeah and it looks like they probably will have to look outside their driver pool uh, for a star driver um they're going to have to put some some money down if if Verstappen does leave uh, right well that's pretty much talk on Red Bull and Honda uh, moving and unless you had any other thoughts on that, Tommy, before we. No, fly let's, over let's
1: move on to some interesting
0: uh, <laughs> news that talk. came out. Yeah. So, Luca Corberi and the car. Corberia, I think that's how you say it, and his karting incident. How very strange um, of an incident that was. So, if you're not aware, he's a 23 year old uh, who was racing in the FIA World Karting Championship. I think that's what it was called, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and. Didn't see how exactly he was taken out. I don't know if you'd be able to fill in that gap, Tommy. Um, but he was out of the race uh, in the barriers race over. You know, obviously very angry. Uh, instead of going straight to the paddock, he then decided to well, try to get his car out of the wall. Didn't his bump, front bumper? I think then came off, or he, t- he took it off. And then he stood on the exit of one of the corners, waiting for the guy he wanted to blame that incident on, and th- threw the front bumper at him. <laughs> this was obviously all televised coverage, or at least on YouTube or whatever. So you yeah, know the footage just got event. everywhere. Yeah, the, and the, the commentator cannot believe what he's seeing. And not only that, but then after the race, after he's had that hissy fit on the track, and then walking across the track when he wasn't supposed to, he then goes and attacks the, that same driver in the paddock. Waits for him for a good, well, six or seven laps until the, at the end of the race. So has enough time to cool down and think about what he's going to do. And then just full-on attacks the driver when he gets out of his car.
1: That's the most shocking thing for me is that and then his dad as well. Yeah, there's absolutely no excuse for what what he did, and adrenaline is a scary thing that someone can be that much adrenaline. that's their idea that you know he, he we've seen incidents in the past, and it would have been mm. nothing for him to walk on the track like he did and maybe stick his middle finger up and it it was it would be stupid but that it would not be as outrageous as it was how he goes through all that stage and like you say surely afterwards is the time he cools down and gone what on earth was i doing but no i'm going to wait for him to come back and then rugby tackle him in the in park ferme and start beating the crap out of him and then for his dad who owns the circuit as well to get involved i mean what an absolute idiot
0: Absolutely pathetic. So T. Nevit, 1996, says, you know, wants his opinions on this. um My opinion is that, well, <laughs> uh, to, in terms of banning him for life, obviously that's e- exactly what uh, I think he deserves. But he's then come out and said that he has decided to stop karting, when I don't think that was his decision, uh, if I'm being completely honest. Uh, so he's almost tried to run away from the instance saying that, you know, he's. he's basically it was his fault and he doesn't deserve any forgiveness and blah 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 and it was it, it looked like they'd hired someone to write such an apology if i'm being completely honest uh Apart because of, all of
1: the typos in it <laughs>
0: Well, it was there typos i didn't, I didn't <laughs> a really few odd typos
1: yeah but i yeah. did see that apology it was very much like i'm an idiot
0: yeah um but at the same time that was putting someone's life at danger and it's, yeah for me that's that's even further than just a you know, a brawler, a karting circuit, that was, that was full on assault. Um, and I, there's absolutely no place for that in, in motorsport, whether it's karting, whether it's in Formula One, like it was absolutely ridiculous that he threw that front bumper at someone racing in those fast karts. Like, you you, know, you just never know what could happen. You know, yeah. he could have ridden under that bumper. His kart flips upside down. I don't know, whatever. I don't, I'm not a physics teacher, but you know, there's there's lots of things that could have happened. Very lucky it didn't. And he could he
1: could have, yeah. He, you're in a car as well. Like throws the bumper at, at the, the guy and he flies out his car and then a cart runs him over. Yeah. Like it's absolutely insane. Like you say, he could have could have killed him. I know like this seems that's obviously the extreme of it. It but, is the extreme, but, it, but it is, he is causing happen, that scenario.
0: Exactly. It's not it's not an accident. Uh, so yeah. for me, absolutely ridiculous. I couldn't believe I saw it, to be honest. I was like, what is this guy doing? Especially the cool down afterwards and then assaulting him. It's pathetic. Um, it's
1: it's not you wouldn't expect it at a local kart track with amateurs never mind i mean we know, sh
0: I, I shared that video a few weeks ago of that guy assaulting <laughs> do you remember that yeah that, that, yeah that that's I, what i was I thinking well? and, yeah. and
1: that's a local kart track this is the fia world championship it's funny i was reading into into this guy um because i thought it was strange that he's 23 and still doing this yeah um it says here that he he was actually beating the likes of George Russell, Lance Stroll, Callum yes. I, Dan Tickton uh, in when he was 15. Oh wow sorry my color. Alexa just I went off. You've got all
0: time sorts time of interruptions you. today haven't you? No
1: why did Alexa just go um anyway yes oh my god let me unplug.
0: <laughs> just throw it out the window and I'll just <laughs> continue talking um Bethany underscore Agius says, "Will Luca be banned from FIA sports? Uh, I mean, I, I'm assuming you mean FIA, like just sanctioned events. Yeah. I hope so. Yes, I mean that, <laughs> that would be the very least of of the things that he'll be he'll be receiving. I reckon. It's, in,
1: Sorry, it's I interesting that it's interesting that Felipe Massa is the president, I think, of FIA karting. So he's the one that's going to be sort of like leading the investigation and." doing the sanctions no investigation
0: after. needed like just uh, yeah throw exactly him at the heaviest punishment and just get him out of the sport it's almost
1: it's almost it's almost a, a shame that you know he's 23 he's already a failed f1 driver so he's not really gonna have that much repercussions i guess the only thing i'd like to see that, that they could punish them further is that they may be never race on that circuit again because of what his dad did because he's clearly not uh, the fact that his dad got involved, and apparently he's the circuit owner, they they shouldn't be hosting FIA events if he's if he's running on and punching his uh, his son's rival, regardless yeah, of what yeah. happened, it's ridiculous.
0: There's one particular person that I won't name because I don't want to fuel the fire said it was too harsh. Um, the fact yeah. that we're being too harsh on Luca for the for his actions, I I literally cannot see any any window of opportunity where people are being too harsh about this
1: no it's the bit afterwards i think is even worse because like you say that's when your adrenaline should calm down you shouldn't be doing it anyway there's no excuse for it but surely once you've calmed down you realize well this is the the most stupid thing i've ever done not no i'm gonna start punching the crap out of him in park ferme now exactly
0: you didn't have that excuse of oh you know look it was just just been taken out of a massive event did something very stupid, which clearly would have been a lifetime ban anyway. But the fact that he then had time to think about it and he's still un- like raging, clearly, it's just ridiculous. Anyway, it's that's scary. pretty much it, really, on that that instant, yeah, isn't yeah. It, Tommy? Uh, let's move on to a little bit about the Eiffel Grand Prix, Um, the Snow Grand Prix, the rained-off <laughs> red flag Grand Prix, whatever you want to call it. Uh It doesn't look like it's going to snow, by the way, but it definitely looks like it's going to rain. If it does not rain for this race, I will, f1 is
1: cursed <laughs> yeah
0: i don't know what i will do um i'll think of something um but that is it's just ridiculous isn't it that there is a chance that formula one will just turn up and that the, the bright sunshine will come out either way surely. rj aviation asks do you think the racing at the Nürburgring will be better or worse than the last race in 2013 i well if we were to take weather away and it's literally just a uh, bone dry same conditions whatever it was as 2013 i think it would be worse Personally, just because I think Nurburgring, there isn't a huge amount of opportunity to overtake, and with these more modern F1 cars, I don't know. I I, I don't think it maybe suits it as well. No, um, so harder, yeah, I,
1: wider, harder to overtake than yeah. they were in 2013, and so, faster. So there's not <laughs> not as many braking zones.
0: No, exactly. But fortunately, we hopefully have weather on our side, which will provide us with uh, some some hopefully. I, I say hopefully because I don't want to jinx it. Uh, good action um because that's what we'd need we'd need some changeable conditions and the fact that it's very cold as well it's going to be about 9 or 10 degrees max it looks like uh which is going to provide a very interesting unknown for these formula 1 teams going into this weekend because they never prepare for cold weather like this do they
1: yeah i think i think that's one of the strange things is that the temperature even if even if somehow it's just drizzly the fact that it's so cold we've we've never I I think the coldest ever F1 race was back in the 70s, that was about five degrees. And you're going to get, it's going to, it's been to be about nine or 10 degrees, which is way colder than even even Silverstone at its worst. So it's going to be really strange to see how teams deal with it because they won't have, they won't have built their Formula One cars for a a Formula One race in nine degrees. So it's going to be really interesting to see how that works with, heating up the tires all that kind of stuff it is completely unknown i think that is why that is our big hope that while it may not not necessarily be the greatest track in terms of overtaking and for these modern cars the the variable factor of an unknown situation could cause yeah. chaos
0: i mean if we do get a dry session then i you know you can only look at the weather and think that tire warm-up would be an issue uh, potentially yeah. in qualifying um Maybe they'd even go for two, like two outlaps. We don't, you know, like, like we see in Formula Two, yeah. uh, where they have, um, you know, a tire warm up phase. That's purely because they, so they have, don't have tire, don't have tire do blankets. They? No, yeah. but but at the same time, I'm sure that nine, ten degrees is not going to be keeping those tires in in good in good nick in terms of the the temperature. So it's going to be really interesting. I'm I'm really excited for this weekend. Uh, I don't think the drivers are particularly with how cold it's going to be. But um, <laughs> no. I think that one issue they won't have is overheating. I think that's definitely one thing that we won't be thinking of Mercedes potentially having a problem with. Uh, Tire blowouts but, or something, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, at Laubf says, I know the chances are low, but what happens if there's snow in a race? Uh, it'd just be red flagged, wouldn't it?
1: Just depends how bad it is, really. Well, yeah, if, if, yeah. if it's undrivable.
0: If it's... So aquaplaning, but ice-planing.
1: Yeah, because it... it snowed in testing a few years back and it just kind of got cancelled, didn't it? So Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. exactly. It, it would we'll be see. a
0: case of just assessing the conditions. It's not going to snow unless we get an Arctic storm come in from absolutely nowhere. Um, but yeah, it would just be a similar similar vibe to, to when we have too much rain. They'd just play it by ear and see what happens. Maybe stick a radiator on the track or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, Kieran S2005 says, do you see a good race happening this weekend or do you see this being another ball fest? I think it would be a ball fest, but it's going to be raining. So I think it's going to be a good one.
1: I I can only see this going two ways. Absolute, insane, chaotic race or completely cancelled because it's just too bad and they can't even race. So let's hope for the first one because I think it could be, yeah. It could be very wet. Let's get, you know, Nicholas Latifi in the pits for wet tyres and doing Marcus Winklehock and winning the race. No, you know that'll be (laughs) Haas. Yeah.
0: Haas will literally take any risk. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So uh, yeah, I'm very excited for that. Um, Tommy, any other thoughts before we we head uh, head away?
1: No, just really looking forward to this race. i am like I've said before on many podcasts, I really do like the the change in variable races and stuff on the on this calendar. I think it, even if they're not totally suited, it's just the fact that the unknown going into that it's just going to make it exciting. So looking forward to it.
0: For Frozen Two fans, we're into the unknown. Anyway, I haven't even seen the film, but I know that that's a song. <laughs> anyway, right, that's it. We're done here for the WTF1 podcast. Thanks so much to Beer52 for sponsoring this podcast. Make sure you go check them out as well as using the hashtag WTF1 podcast if you want to talk to us, give us any feedback, tell us that you love us, anything like that. Obviously, give us a thumbs up, five stars, wherever you're listening, and uh, we will see you, well, for a podcast next week where we review what an incredible race the Eiffel Grand Prix was, Hey, eh, Tommy?
1: I know. We're going to be talking about All 20 cars going off at turn one and aquaplaning. And And then then whoever's the furthest forward wins.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Can't wait. Right. Thanks so much, Tommy. And uh, we'll see you all very soon for another WTF1 podcast. Goodbye.
1: Bye.